Sony. Hello, Canada. Today's date is June 23rd, 2021. Welcome to a full edition of Canadian Common Sense. 45 minutes of unscripted, unedited, and so far uncensored commentary on Canada's issues. It is Tony in Saskatchewan. And Lewis out here in hot, 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 and hot BC. <laughs> I'm going to guess it's a little warm out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yesterday was 36. Uh, today was a little cooler at 32. Um, but we're supposed to be 37 or 38 on Friday, 40 by Sunday, 41 or 42 on Monday. Whew. Okay. Yeah. That is hot. Holy smokes. <laughs> yep. Wow. Well, yeah. I have some bad news for you, old friend. You're going to get hotter because we have got a show that is on fire tonight. So, that seems to be a regular occurrence. <laughs> it really does because we have a government that does an awful lot of stuff that really ticks us off. So um, yeah. we're yeah, hoping sure to, it does. Yeah, and we're hoping to end the show on at least... A moderately positive note tonight, Canada, because we so often leave you hanging in gloom, and we're going to try really hard not to do that today. Now, uh, before we start, um, Lewis, do you mind if I take a point of personal privilege here? Um, Self-praise stinks, but what I texted to you after our show last week, I think, is one thing it's important to share with our listeners, and... We had a good show last week. If you haven't uh, heard episode 120.0 yet, uh, please download it after you're done this this episode. I texted Lewis and said, you know what I like about our show? It's the fact that we lay the truth out there, we drop the facts down, then we afterward nuke those facts with opinion bombs. A lot of other shows drop their opinions down as fact, and you really don't know the real story by the time they're done talking Canada land and it's really refreshing I think that uh, we're not afraid of the truth and we're obviously not afraid to drop our opinions no although with what the liberals are trying to do in the next couple of weeks um, I am getting worried and concerned about my opinions yeah no good point and that's a good, good springboard. So on the show tonight, Bill C-10 passes the House. Bill C-15 passes the Senate. Repercussions coming from that on this last day of sitting in the Parliament. More talk on the Wuhan virus and its connections to Winnipeg. Stop calling Lewis a conspiracy theorist already. Canada Day cancellations spreading across the country. The Edmonton Football Club has a new name, and more CFL news, and there's more. Where do you want to start, old friend? Well, considering I don't know how we're going to get through everything you mentioned, never mind the and more part, um, <laughs> let's, uh, let's, start, let's start with uh, the Canada Day cancellations, because this one's really got me, um, this one's kind of got me upset. Uh, there's been several cities now that have decided to cancel Canada Day festivities because they don't believe there's anything 
to be proud of with Canada. Uh, I'm looking at you, Victoria, Penticton, Kelowna, St. Albert. I don't know if there's any others, but those are the four so far. And this is all in response to the potential 215 graves found at the Kamloops Residential School. Um, if any city was justified in canceling the Canada Day festivities, it would be Kamloops. And Kamloops hasn't done that. Instead, what Kamloops has done is they are incorporating First Nations and Indigenous teachings in their festivities. That, that's a great it, idea. I think it's a wonderful idea. I mean, if, if you want Canadians to know what is going on, you use the premier day in Canadian, in the Canadian summer to educate Canadians on the horrible history that, that for the First Nations have uh, with the Canadian government and with uh, different religious organizations. But I also don't think that this should be a divisive um, day or activity. These teachings shouldn't be divisive. I mean, they shouldn't be strictly about the bad things that have happened. Uh, because when all you talk about are the bad things, people stop listening because they don't want to feel bad. And I think this is a, a, an opportunity for Canadians from coast to coast, Indigenous and non-Indigenous, to come together and to fight for what's right, to fight for answers, to be one, to be united. I mean, this is the, the one great thing about Canada is that for any, for any race, this is, this is one of the best, if not the best country in the world to live in. And some people are still not treated fairly. And that would, in this country, that would be the First Nations people. And a lot has to be done. But, and we've talked about this before on the show, and I don't think that anybody's willing to do what actually needs to be done. And that is to scrap the Indian Act. It is the most racist piece of legislation in, in the first world. In the, in the Western 
culture. This is, it's the, it's so incredibly racist and it's designed to, to keep the indigenous communities down. It's designed to oppress them. And yet nobody has the balls to say, we need to scrap that piece of legislation and write a new one. And that's what needs to be done and nobody's willing to do it. So nothing in this country is going to get better for the indigenous people unless that happens. Well, that's well said. And uh, you actually have a very powerful ally in the idea of scrapping the Indian Act because outgoing national chief of the uh, um, Federation of what was it called? What I can't even remember the, uh, the National Assembly of Chiefs. Assembly of First Nations. There we go. Uh, Perry yeah. Belgar. He uh, yeah. he actually echoed your statement saying that yeah, the Indian Act needs to be scrapped. I think he actually said it needs to be revised, but same thing. And nothing you just said was wrong. I mean, and actually while you were saying that, it gave me the idea that nationwide, if we turn Canada Day to a celebration of all of the different cultures that make up this great mosaic. What an amazing celebration that would be every year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that it, it's Canada is, is one of the most multicultural countries in the world. And we all get along. And you don't see that in pretty much any other country. That's true. Uh, yep. And that's something to be proud of. And that's something to celebrate on Canada Day is that we all do get along. I mean, I think I think that a lot, and I was guilty of it when I was younger, I think that the Indigenous uh, people are, are misunderstood. I think that they are overall mistreated because of the Indian Act. I think that a lot needs to be improved, such as, uh, oh, I don't know, drinking water, Mr. Trudeau. Um, I don't always agree with the tactics used by First Nations, such as shutting down our railway system uh, a year and a half ago. Um, but this is a... <sighs> this country needs a wake-up call. I, I'm, I'm, I'm so sick and tired of how... I mean, I have First Nations friends. I have... I have a First Nations employee. I, I, my neighbors growing up, they were First Nations. It's, it's a, uh, it's a beautiful culture. Uh, and for those not living on reserve, their lives are pretty damn good, just like the rest of us. But for those living on reserve, 
life is hell. It's it's a horrible situation. And a lot of the blame does have to land on band councils and chiefs. Because as we found out through the, uh, uh, I believe it's called the First Nations Accountability Act, or the Aboriginal Accountability Act, that was passed by uh, Stephen Harper's government, uh, that, that made it a law that, uh, that the band councils all had to account for every for all the money that was given to them by the we found out that the corruption in band councils and with chiefs is is widespread but a lot of the blame for how first nations are treated in this country especially those on reserve lands with the canadian people because we don't demand better That's a good point. Uh, I know that some friends of mine who either grew up on reserves or still have family on reserves have said that if you ever want to experience socialism, just go stay on a reserve for a month and you'll see socialism. And they're right. I mean, a lot of reserves, the, the common people live in abject poverty in substandard housing and still a number of reserves don't even have clean drinking water in 2021. And yeah, they, uh, they're living in drafty houses and oftentimes they're, they're breaking walls so they can burn firewood. It's, uh, it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. It's the, it's absolutely horrendous and something needs to be done. But like I said, nobody's got the balls to do what needs to be done. Nope, that's right, because the woke brigade comes in and tells them that they're racist as soon as they even mention reform. Yeah. Now, this all started with the Canadian Day cancellation, Canada Day cancellations, and I just wanted to address that. I, I think that cities that are canceling Canada Day festivities in, in the wake of, of the Kamloops discovery is taking the coward's way out. I think Penticton, Kelowna, St. Albert, Victoria, they're taking the coward's way out. Instead of using it as a day to unify people, they're using that day to divide people. And it's wrong. And the uh, Victoria, I mean, we, we know. I mean, the past experience we've had with the, the city of Victoria, the city council and mayor, they, they were just looking for an excuse to cancel Canada Day because they hate Canada. They don't even like Canada, that city council and mayor. And it's, so, I mean, they, they just couldn't wait to cancel Canada Day and they jumped on it immediately. And it's, it's shameful and it's, it's, it's absolutely wrong. Yep. And you're absolutely right. Now let's uh, move on to something else to uh, hate on about Canada. And I should actually just say, I'm going to hate on the Prime Minister for this. Mr. Trudeau, and we had talked about this, who is trying to find partners to discuss 
vaccine passports. Now, I know Canada, if you've been listening to our show for a while, you will know that, Lewis, you had mentioned something about people needing proof of vaccines for such things as travel, stadium events, um, concerts, whatnot. I remember remember you uh, discussing sporting events and whatnot. The people would probably need some kind of certification of vaccines. And do you remember what people called you back then? Yeah, that was that was uh, 13 months ago in May 2020, and I was called a conspiracy theorist. You were called a conspiracy theorist. And just this past week, Justin Trudeau announced that Canadians returning from international travel, if they have two vaccinations, must download the ArriveCan app to their smartphone upload certification of said vaccinations to prove they're vaccinated when they arrive back in Canada. Mr. Trudeau called that a vaccine passport. And I don't even have to use air fingers close because that's exactly what he said. And we'll get into the the provincial federal jurisdiction in a moment and also into the privacy rights issue in a moment. But number one, you have to have this app when you arrive in order to avoid quarantine you have to have your your uh your your plans for when you get home but none of that matters because cbsa the canada border services agency still retains the discretion to force you into a government sponsored quarantine hotel if they want to yeah they also they uh Actually, I believe that the quarantine hotels uh, for people who are fully vaccinated are completely off the table. It's they can, they can they can order you into quarantine in your own home. Well, maybe that's what it is. Okay. Yeah. So you're fully vaccinated. You've got a negative COVID test, but CBSA can say. No, not good enough. You have to quarantine. And you don't have a choice. Your employer is out an employee for two more weeks. You don't get any pay during those two weeks. Uh, Your kids won't be able to go to school for those two weeks. I mean, if you go away for Christmas... Say you go to Hawaii for Christmas. You fly back. You're all good. All of you have your arrived can vaccine passports on your on your cell phones, tracking everywhere you go. And CBSA says, "Nope, we're ordering you guys into quarantine. You are SOL." Yep, exactly. And I'm so glad you brought in the the aspect of ArriveCan app tracking everywhere you go. Because remember, that was another thing that you were called a conspiracy theorist about when you said you weren't going to download the COVID tracing app. And I did not download the COVID tracing app either because you had said, you know, conspiracy theorists that you were 13 months ago, that that COVID tracing app seemed a little intrusive. And then we found out only two months ago that whoops that COVID tracing app actually was 
tracking your personal data. They just did, didn't disclose which data it tracked. So Canada, yeah. please stop calling Lewis a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, well, back back last last year when they came out with that app, they specifically said to the Canadian public, this will not track your personal data. This will not uh, transfer any personal information to the federal government. And I called BS on that on this show. It was called a conspiracy theorist. And we find out now, oh, it was doing all those things after all. So, yep. yeah, no, I'm sorry. I don't trust goddamn thing that comes from government. No, exactly. And the, the Arrive Can app, now they're asking for your personal health records when they want your, your proof of vaccination. Anybody who's grown up in Canada knows healthcare is a provincial responsibility. So the provincial government has your health records, which actually are your own. And provinces have been very good, in my experience, at keeping that information private and only accessible to, I guess, you and them. So now the federal government wants that information. I don't trust the federal government any farther than I can throw my house. And then they want to intrude on your privacy rights because your health records are private. I don't want to give any of my private information to government. Yeah, and I mean our our personal health records, those are those are so private that if anybody wants access to them, they have to uh, petition the court to give them a warrant. And courts will will reject those petitions more often than not. Because your health records be, being kept private is that important. And our yep. federal government wants access to them now. Yeah, that and that right there raises the red flags for me. Now, we've talked about this several times that yeah, we knew we were going to have to get, get the COVID shots if we wanted to travel. Now, the last point I'll make on this one is that even within Canada now, the Atlantic bubble was balking at the free and open travel that our mobility rights in the charter allow us. Billion Higgs from New Brunswick said, anybody with their first dose, come on in, visit New Brunswick. Well, until one of the woke brigade protesters decided to attempt on her own, one person tried to block the main Trans-Canada Highway between connecting Nova Scotia and New Brunswick to keep those dirty New Brunswickers out of her province. <laughs> oh, my God. What a country. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. And the next what a country, and I'm already mad about this. Lewis, you know some of what's going on here. This is not going to be a good segment. Bill C-10. That yeah. is the change, amendments or changes to the Broadcast Act or Broadcast Laws Act, whatever it's called. It's a censorship bill. Let's just call it the censorship bill. So Bill C-10, two days ago, passed through the House of Commons. Now, that doesn't make it law because it still has to pass the Senate. And the Senate has a huge stack of legislation to get through yet. So we may 
not see C10 become law before the end of the summer. That'll, that'll be important later in this conversation. But you want to talk about a socialist government. Bill C-10 went through the same steps as the Obamacare Act in the United States. You got to pass it to find out what's in it. The bill passed at 1.30 Tuesday morning, and MPs were being forced to vote on amendments to C-10 that they hadn't even read. But yet the Socialist Party, the leftist progressives, voted in lockstep to censor Canadians on amendments they hadn't even read. Yeah, this is given um, this is given the CRTC a lot more power over the internet. It has given the CRTC the power to uh, censor news articles and has actually given the CRTC the ability to tell news organizations that they have to pull reporting or uh, articles right off their websites if the, if the CRTC does not approve of them. It also gives the government the ability to censor individual uh, social media posts. It gives them the ability to censor your favorite podcasts such as Canadian Common Sense. So when when this becomes law, or if this becomes law, and we'll get to that in a few minutes, if this becomes law, don't be surprised if, if, if Canadian Common Sense is taken down. Yep, that's right, because see, it's not, the government is, is very sneaky, and we all know that already, but it's not going to be the CRTC directly saying Canadian common sense, you're out of here. It's going to be the CRTC saying to our podcast host, anchor.fm, you know, those guys on Canadian common sense said something we find offensive. So in order to avoid a multi-thousand dollar fine, you may want to do something about that show. Well, anchor.fm is going to say, Oh, well, goodbye guys. And it'll be just be that quick. Or they'll remove individual episodes. That would be probably the least that they would do. You're right. Yeah, yeah they, they, they could go that route. Yeah, they'd probably re- remove the the episode that the CRTC is complaining about. And then probably, you know, two or three strikes or whatever. And then we're gone. Yeah, and that's not uh, so, I mean, it's, it's absolutely shameful and disgusting that that Canadian, the Canadian government is is able to censor the internet now. Uh, the other thing that really has me riled up is that this passed at one thirty in the morning. That MPs were being forced to vote on amendments that nobody knew what they said. They weren't released to the public. The MPs didn't even know what they were saying or what they said, but. The Liberals, NDP, Block, and Greens all voted together on every single amendment. So you know they knew what they were, but the Conservatives didn't know. And, yeah. they, and, and the other thing is, is that the Speaker of the House did something uh, 
I was very happy to see he threw out those amendments. That, because, that was actually just what I was about to say. He slapped their hands, and I thought, good for him, because he was at, is actually a Liberal member of Parliament, but he followed the rules. Yeah, he did. And he threw out those amendments and ordered them to, to, to uh, uh, bring the bill to, to the House of Commons to vote on without those amendments in the bill. So I'm really hoping, because I don't know what those amendments were, but I'm really hoping that he saved us from some real authoritarian measures. Yeah, I'm sure hoping so as well. Now, I teased out that we could still be safe from C- from C10, yeah. and I hope to God that we are, because Stephen Gilbo said today that the follow-up to C10 is going to make people really uncomfortable. So uh, I don't know what that means. I think they were going to try to table it today in the House of Commons. I don't know if it happened or not. But our saving grace is, as I said a couple minutes ago, the Senate has a huge stack of legislation to try to get through. And, of course, the Senate will be breaking for summer break soon as well. So there's a good chance that the Senate will not be able to pass this because, of course, the Senate can make amendments to a bill and pass it back to, to uh, Parliament. So with any luck, the Senate won't get through C-10, or at least won't pass it, and it looks like there's going to be an election later this summer. Um, Justin Trudeau has already telegraphed it by t- calling Parliament toxic, saying we can't get along, we can't work together. So if we do go into an election, the House dissolves, which means that any legislation that has not yet been passed into law dies on the order paper, meaning that it would need to be reintroduced by the next government in order to get go through the process again. So I'm actually hoping for an election, which is <laughs> which is sad because you know we're only two years, not even two years into this government. But for this reason alone, now I want an election. I'm on that bandwagon. Yeah, because even if the liberals win that those those bills all have to start all over again. That's right. Yeah, because the house dissolves. So. Yeah. So they can't just pick up where they left off. They actually have to restart the whole process, which will save us for another year. But, um, but what what Gilbo is is referring to is I is is it's C fifteen? Is that right? No, C fifteen is the undrip bill. Oh, sorry. Uh, C C twenty one or something like that. I can't remember. I think it's C twenty one. It's the what it it's the online hate speech bill. That's the one. Yes, and that is what I believe they were supposed to try and table today. Correct. Uh, and that one, that one is even scarier than the first one. Yeah, so I'm I'm really hoping that the Senate, I mean, the Senate is supposed to be sober second thought. And I pointed out in a rant earlier this, this past week that the Senate, I think I said 21 years, but it's actually been 25 years since the Senate has actually said no to the House of Commons. Um, Senate has passed amendments back to the House, had those amendments passed, and then passed the bill. But the Senate hasn't actually rejected anything from the House of Commons 
in 25 years. So if there's ever a time to take one for the team and pull one out, Senate, this is the time. Yeah, and that's and that's my biggest problem with the Canadian parliamentary system. And the and the thing that I'm most upset about with the death of the Reform Party and uh, and and all of its policies that went with it, because the Reform Party always stood for a triple E Senate, elected, equal, effective, and. What it meant was was that every province would have the same number of uh, senators. They would all be elected, and they would be more accountable for the decisions that they made. And they wouldn't just rubber be a rubber stamp for uh, for the House of Commons and for legislation like. C10 and C20 or C21, whatever. I can't remember the name, number of that bill for the, the online hate speech bill. Um, but uh, this is when an elected Senate would really be nice. Yep. And actually, since you brought that up, you reminded me that Alberta has civic elections October 15th, where most of you have heard Canada that they're going to have a referendum on equalization. They also are going to hold elections to nominate candidates for two vacant Senate seats in Alberta. Jason Kenney has come out publicly and asked Mr. Trudeau, please respect the wishes of Albertans. Do not appoint anybody until after our elections and please appoint those people. We know that's not going to happen. Justin Trudeau will appoint two people from the approved list of the Liberal Party of Canada. But that makes me think that if Quebec can amend the Constitution unilaterally because the French language affects them provincially, well, an imbalanced Senate affects every province. So maybe Alberta should just amend the Constitution unilaterally for elected senators. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, according to Justin Trudeau, that you can do it. That's right. But I mean, I, I, you and I both lived in Alberta when Alberta held their first uh, Senate elections, and I believe it was Jean Chrétien who was in power at the time, and he ignored. And he appointed a liberal and because the Albertans had elected two conservatives to be their senators. And, and uh, Jean Chrétien uh, or uh, Paul Martin, I can't remember which one it was, completely ignored the elections. And the only prime minister, I think, in this country who has ever appointed an elected uh, senator is Stephen Harper. Actually, I'll correct you on that one because it was just before you moved to Alberta um, that Stan Waters was a reformer, was elected to the Senate, and Brian Mulroney actually did appoint him. And Mr. Waters, I remember him saying in, a, and one, that in an interview that we will not see Senate reform in my lifetime. And rest in peace, Mr. Waters, you are correct. Oh, but I didn't yet, know that. Yeah, but yeah, after Mr. Waters, there was... Uh, I don't know that anybody's appointed an elected senator since, actually. 
Uh, I was didn't Stephen Harper? Oh yeah, he liked, yeah, that's right, Burt Brown. That's right, yeah, he did. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Right. So the precedent is there. It can be done. We know that that JT doesn't have the cojones to do it because he's way too much on too big. Sorry, on nepotism. But we can always dream. Yeah, and that's all we'll be doing because dreams don't come true. Exactly. And the sad <laughs> thing is, I really think Mr. Kenny should uh, at least explore the angle of, hey, why don't we just change the Constitution for you know the appointment of senators? But I don't know how, if that would fly because Mr. Trudeau would just ignore him anyway. So, Yeah. All right, we've got, oh, just under 10 minutes left. Let's talk a little Canadian Football League. Try to end the show on a somewhat positive note. All right. So the Edmonton Football Club has a new name. Now, neither Lewis nor I are Edmonton Football Club fans, but you and I did meet at an Edmonton Eskimos football game 23 years ago. And they were called the Eskimos then, and now they are the... Lewis, Elks. the Edmonton Elks, which isn't even proper English <laughs> because the plural of elk is elk. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, come on, you guys. But they wanted to be as close to Esks as possible. And I don't, I don't understand why now, having seen their new logo and all of this, I really fail to understand what the importance of having the double E remain. Uh, See, because, because they haven't kept the double E. They've changed the logo. Yeah, and that, that's a good point because... That was such an important thing to have a name that started with E because of that double E logo. And now they've got two sticks on the sides of a helmet. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I, I mean, the fact that it's, the fact that they, they, they didn't even use proper English grammar. It, it just irritates me. Um, it, it's a terrible name, and 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 by the way, you can speak for yourself. I was always an Edmonton Eskimos fan. Um, <laughs> I it was just my second choice after BC, uh, but uh, but yeah, we and we did. That's where we met. We met at an Eskimos game, and it was, I believe, twenty three years ago, and, uh, and yeah. I mean, we uh, we had some incredibly fun times at those games. I mean, we we met a lot of great people. I mean, the season ticket holders in our section. I mean, we we were season ticket holders there for five years, and I mean, half the season ticket holders in our section came to my wedding. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, we had a great time. I loved going to those games. And, uh, yeah, and, and now it's, the, the name is but a memory, and it's, it's kind of sad. But, uh, 
the good the 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 good news is there will be a 2021 season. There is. It's starting a little late, but we're going to see some CFL football this year. <laughs> yeah, it's season I believe starts August fifth, and Grey Cup is going to be now officially December twelfth in Hamilton. And, and that's the bad part. <laughs> that's the bad part. So I am not going to try to rebook holidays for December because I am not going to sit outside in the middle of December for a football game. Not in Hamilton. Nope. No way. I mean, I love the CFL. It's I. I just. I just can't bring and I and we have such a great time going to Grey Cup every year, but I just can't bring myself to sit outside in Hamilton on de, in the middle of December. No, exactly. Now um, I want to step back to the Edmonton Elks just for a minute, and what really bothers me with the whole idea, even changing the name in the first place is that, of course, it was changed on the, the guys that, oh, we are offending First Nations culture. And maybe that was true. But the, the idea of changing that name would never even have been thought of had it not been for corporate wokeism on the part of Bel Air Direct Insurance saying, that name bothers us. You need to change it or we're going to drop our sponsorship. So really it came down to the woke brigade won over Bel Air, who convinced Edmonton they needed to change their name. It wasn't up to the fans. It wasn't up to the local reserves. It was up to an insurance company. Yeah. And now, now that you brought it back to Ed, the Edmonton Elks again, I did want to say else. It's really, really nice. That's happening in Edmonton. And that is they are naming a school after Joey Moss. Oh, I did not know that, but that's a great idea. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know who Joey Moss is, Joey Moss was a, uh, a mentally challenged, like uh, mentally handicapped uh, man who uh, for many, 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 many years has been part of the Edmonton Oilers and the Edmonton Eskimos uh, sports clubs up there. Uh, he was really close friends with Wayne Gretzky and Mark Messier and uh, with the uh, uh, with many of the, the Hall of Fame football players that played in Edmonton. Uh, he's Joey Moss is was a a uh, uh, a celebrity in Edmonton. People love Joey Moss. You'd see him on the screen at the football game or the hockey game, and the entire building would erupt in in cheers and applause. We Edmonton loved. Joey Moss. And they're honoring him by uh, naming a school after him. And uh, it's a wonderful story. And, and it's well-deserved. Very much so. Yeah, Joey Moss was, uh, I guess you'd call him an equipment manager because he did take care of cleaning up equipment, you know, making certain things put away. And 
Yeah, Wayne Gretzky had actually dated Joey's sister, Vicky. And I believe if the story's right, he actually helped Joey get that first job with the Oilers. And, you know, Joey was such a dedicated employee that, uh, you know, he, you know, won the favor of the, the Oilers team. And then the Eskimos brought him on as well. And, yeah, I mean, if there's ever a success story, Joey Moss was it. I mean, he was he was ins- inspirational to to Edmonton, the, the whole community. So, I mean, that that's a great tribute to name a school after him. I'm really happy to hear that. Yeah. So we're finally ending the show on a good, positive note. And what a positive note. That was great, Lewis. I'm glad you, were, uh, you brought that up right at the end. So, see, yeah. Canada, we don't always depress you at the end of a show. <laughs> um, but I do want to wrap up by saying that even though the House of Commons is winding down for the summer, Politics keeps going, so Canadian Common Sense will not stop during the summer. We've got a whole show's worth of topics we didn't even get to today, so we uh, and some of them are evergreen, so we can certainly bring them up again next week. And until next week, thank you so much for joining us. We hope you've enjoyed the show as much as we enjoy bringing it to you every week. And it's Tony here in Saskatchewan. And Lewis out here in BC. Good night. Good night, Canada.